What's up, what's up, y'all? This is Dave. And this is Devin. And you're listening to the Dave and Dev Podcast. Dave and Dev. Gotta keep it real like Dave and Dev. On my job like Dave and Dev. Tell no lie like Dave and Dev. Some days I wanna stay in bed, but I get ready for the day ahead. I wanna complain, but I pray instead. Then I'm on my way to the Dave and Dev. And it go like, I don't need a crew. Don't play by he say, she say rules. Don't play, no, we can't do. I'd rather have faith while G.O.D. make moves. So please stay cool. All, all I do is speak the truth on things I see they do. I'm a sinner myself. No lie, I need grace too. We lit like EKU. Yeah. What's up, Devin? How you doing, man? Yo, yo, Dave, what's going on, Dude, man? Not a whole lot, man. How's your week been? Pretty good. Pretty busy. Pretty busy. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, I went taste testing this week for uh, for the wedding. For the wedding cake, so, or the wedding food? Yeah, the wedding food. So it's gonna be gonna be lit yes bro i'm so hyped for your wedding it's gonna be glorious dude it's it's getting it's It's getting getting, real we're getting it's getting super real bro super real yes yes hashtag i think from the facebook comments hashtag it must be love (laughs) can we please just talk about mine right quick just one quick plug on mine (laughs) okay so this was way too soon and it has like no, this has nothing to do with R. Kelly, his light person. So <laughs> this is nothing like that. So Devon's fiance's current last name is Agatrap, and I said Agatrap, Agatrap, and I said Agatrap in the closet, and I thought it was hilarious. It was just happened to be it on the weekend. They were showing the R. Kelly documentary. Possible time to release that hashtag. I had another couple of good ones too, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. Um, yeah, but they were called a Bay Bay Badelin. Oh my god, a Hurricane Chris reference. Hey, if you're out there yeah. and you're between the age of twenty five and twenty seven, you will one hundred percent relate <laughs> to that a Bay Badelin reference. So, if you don't know who Hurricane Chris is, <laughs> you're too young. She's too young for you, bro. Okay, so. The one thing I did want to talk about that that went down this week, bro, is the podcast went down this week. Yo, shout out to all the fans, all the Best listeners, all the week viewers ever for us. And so thank you to everyone that shared and liked and commented in the last week. Are you ready for this, Devin? Prior to last week, which we've had our Facebook page for maybe like a year now, I think, over that yeah, about a year. In, the, yeah. in the time frame before last week, we only had 110, I think, uh, followers on that page. In the mm-hmm. last week, we added 22. That's a, like a 20-plus percent increase. Um, that's a 20% increase from what we had for a whole year in one week. And so um, yes. we, I think we're really, really excited about the changes we made because it clearly made a difference. And... Uh, again, we, we kind of talked about it. Just We're so pumped to just be in a space where we get to get ourselves out there and, and talk about these things. And, mm-hmm. dude, I, you told me in the middle of the week that you said, like, bro, I think people are really listening to this one because I've had hit, people hit me up about it and stuff like that. Yeah, so huge shout-out to everyone who listened, who commented, who shared the videos, who liked the, our page, who interacted with us in some form of social For media. Sure. We appreciate you so, so much. Please keep sharing, liking, commenting, and uh, yeah, and then we'll keep producing and doing what we're yeah, doing. It's it was just so encouraging, bro. It warmed my soul. So I'm really excited about it, and you know, I think it's a testament to, you know, just hey, we you got to keep going, and even when it feels like nobody's listening, and and uh, you know, be able to be agile and change things up. So that's really cool, man. I'm I'm super pumped about it. So let's yeah. talk about right now. 
we we mentioned our brief hate last week for a specific team in the NFL, and it the mojo that we put out of hate it worked, bro. The Cowboys lost. Cat, can, can I say yes. something real quick? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> Hold up, we the boys. <laughs> How about them? How about them? No, no. See, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right, I had people telling me there's no way they're gonna lose. There's no way. LA's LA's terrible. They got their defensive line is literally. I had a Cowboys fan come up there. There's no way. How about them boys? They get real confident and everything. <laughs> well, how how about that all season? Okay, how about that all season? Oh gosh. And, and you know what? And here's the thing too. I got people who listen to this and they try to give me crap about the Browns. <laughs> We've been bad. I'm used to this. You ain't hurt nobody's you feelings. <laughs> you know the hate. You understand the losing. I I get that. I I I get that. We just we, we went always sixteen. It winning a game was going up. For yeah, us. I mean, what for the last three seasons before you uh, got fired, y'all won what four games in three seasons? Some some terrible like that. But guess what? That's all right. We on the up and up. Baker, Baker, play. Baker. Hey, Blake, Baker's a man, bro. He's a man. Uh, jury's still out, but I hope he is the man. <laughs> hey, he played great this season. I so. do. Yeah, I I want to give like a special shout out to all the Cowboys fans out there. You guys can jump on the next <laughs> bandwagon because it's basketball season. The Lakers are playing now. You can be a Laker fan. Hey, hey, I'm on that bandwagon. You know. Don't play no hate. Listen, they're probably Yankee. They're probably Yankees fans too. Oh snap! Uh, Alabama, Are we shocked by football? Right hey, bro, you're. I'm pretty you're sure you're firing yes, shots yes. right now. Yeah, for sure. I because America's team. I I ugh, I can't stand it. I can't stand this it. This man so definitely just said that, that they're out. Cowboys fans are also Lakers, Yankees, and who and Alabama football fans. Probably like Alabama or Notre Dame or something like that. I don't know. Oh my goodness, that is on the record, and you there's no taking that back. If, yeah, if you're fine. out there and you are a Cowboys, Lakers, Bama football, and Yankees fan, and I know one person that fits Dame. in this category, so that's funny. Notre Dame or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Please just, let us whatever. know. We want you on the podcast. We want to talk about sports with you, and we want to know where. And why you became fans of those teams? <laughs> you probably like. You probably was like, I was a Bulls fan back in the day. Hundred percent. Change. I like the oh Lakers my. now. Devin, you're ridiculous. Oh gosh. Oh, it's, oh, I can't stand it. I can't stand <laughs> it. So yeah, the, the shout out to the bandwagoners. You know who you are. You are killing me. Uh, listen. So we just talked a little bit about Baker a guy who played baseball and played football as well at Oklahoma. Um, And so we – and then last week we talked a little bit about Kyler Murray. Like, hey, what would you do in his shoes? Like, what, yada, yada. Well, this man comes out, what, earlier this week, late last week, and tells the Oakland Athletics, y'all need to give me this money or I'm out. Hashtag secure the bag. Secure the bag. Listen, do I think he maybe made a mistake? I do. Absolutely. I really do. But, is but he... listen, listen, but listen to this though. I I think I I read somewhere that he was only hitting like a two ninety six or something like that. Bro, that's a good batting average. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> but it, but there's but no, but I'm saying like there's but there's people in college who hit like in the four hundreds. Bro, he's still super talented. Like he was a first round draft pick. Like. Yeah. But anyway, he, I mean, this man demanded he put he put the A's up on ransom, is what he did. It's this, ridiculous. He's a criminal. He's a licensed criminal, bro, <laughs> and he's gonna get away with it. But anyway, he wanted fifteen million dollars. That's what I. That's what I heard. I thought. I mean, I'm willing to be wrong oh, on it, goodness. but shoot, listen, that was that was bold. That was real bold. I I mean. What is he going to be like a second round pick, dude? I don't. I mean, I, I would say 
I can't imagine he gets taken in the first sixty picks, bro. He's a second day. He's a second, he's a second day, guy. day guy, in my opinion. So, you, oh, so you you turned out you turned out a lot of money to be a second and day to guy. only play in a sport potentially for like, I mean, average NFL players like what two and a half years, three years. It's, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, there. dude. I mean, he takes one hit in practice, and his career is over. Baseball. Oh, I mean, yeah. he could play fifteen years, maybe. I mean, it could be worse. He could be like Jamarcus Russell. So. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Did we ever talk about on the podcast where the coaches gave him the blank tape, and he said he watched? No, it? no, <laughs> no, no. When when I was in college, we used to watch like uh, at least like thirty minutes of film yeah. every day. Like we used to watch film of yeah. practices, and I mean, and it was super helpful. Oh yeah, but I can't. We, we used to watch it like yeah. as a team. I couldn't imagine like if our coach said, "Did we ever watch like did we ever watch film like?" And we came back and lied to him. I couldn't imagine what would happen to him. Listen, us. your coach, he would have made y'all run until you literally died. Like, no question. I know he would have. Yeah. That, that's, I just – that's – he had to be the laziest quarterback ever in the history of quarterbacks ever. ever. I can't – I can't name a, a worse quarterback. And I thought he was going to be so good, he, too. Dude, his arm was so strong. That man had a cannon. He had a a real shotgun for an arm. Uh, yeah, dude, yeah. he was he was stellar. Okay, so while we're on the topic of college football, I got yep. one word for you, bro. I got one word for you, oh, yeah. hamburger. Oh, I got one gosh. hamburger. <laughs> so, in the perfect intersection of sports. In politics, the most amazing thing, like, this was just, like, a gift that, like, hey, I know Dave and Dad talks about sports and politics. Let's just put it all together and let's bring <laughs> the champions of national, uh, the national champions of college football into the White House during a government shutdown, and let's just see what happens. And you know what happens? What happens is 150 kids get fed a four for four by the president of the United States of America. <laughs> it just, I, I, I can only laugh. I can only laugh about it. You, I, I said this in the, I said this in our group message with our friends. Reiterate it here. Imagine you are in high school and you work your tail off to become you know, you dream your whole life to become this all-American football player. You sacrifice time with your family and your friends all to just become the all-American. And you achieve it. You become that all-American. Playing the all-American game, you get to choose what team you want to be with. And you, and you put on the hat, you wear Clemson. You go on to Clemson. You want to play all right, for Dabo, a legendary coach. You go there. All right, you work your tail off to become a starter. All right, all that hard work you put in, you're a starter now, all right? Then you win the conference championship. Then you go to the college football playoffs, and you play Notre Dame, powerhouse, historically powerhouse. Then you take down the, the titans of football. Everyone, everyone just fears Alabama. You play Alabama, and you destroy them, dismantle them. And so now you get to you, – you've accomplished <laughs> your dream. You're a national champion. And, you know, now there's only one thing left to do. You get to go to the White House and celebrate with the President of the United States eat a, and get treated like kings when you get there. So you go, you dress up in your best outfit. Dress to the nines. You go to six, yes, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. All right, you get there, you go through security and everything, and you're ready. You're ready. You shake the President's hand. You say, hello, Mr. President. How you doing? All right, he said, let me show you to where all the food is at. He shows you where the food is at. He opens up the door, and you see... A four for four and Big Mac sitting on the table. <laughs> uh, tragic. Let me get a four for four. <laughs> mm. And you know what? This is going to sound messed up, but he didn't even have Taco Bell no Chipotle. Chipotle on there. No. Probably for political <laughs> oh, I wasn't even thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You oh, can't even, my God. You can't even Listen, fit. I, I feel like 
out of all the things to be critical in this presidency, this is probably the one thing that I just find completely comical. Like I had no beef with it. I did. He did have a, uh, he did have a moment where he like self was self-righteous about paying for it, which whatever. I mean, if you have the money, do it, whatever, but flex on them one time. You're the president. I would, I so would no hope, not. I would hope that you would go and you would pay out of it out of your own pocket when you, or oh, everything there is from the dollar menu. <laughs> exactly. But any, the fact, listen, okay, so, I mean, we talked about this before on the podcast. Like, you and I both were college athletes, you for much longer than me. But listen, when I was at, at Union playing football, every away game, we would go to, um, oh gosh, we would find a Ryan Steakhouse. And I don't know if you've ever been to a Ryan Steakhouse. I mean, if this gives you any type clue, I'm pretty sure the one in Richmond shut down. Like, it, it is not, like, it, it is it, not. It needed to. It is not, like, hearty, like, um, like food that you want to eat when you're an athlete, probably. But it's just the easiest way to feed, like, mm-hmm. 70 people. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I just think about those those away games. And we would go, I remember one time we went to Georgia, I think. And we smashed some Chick-fil-A. I'm talking like each of us had like two or three sandwiches. So listen, 2010 Dave that played college football would have been ecstatic over fast food. It's just so funny to me because I just would not have expected it. Like what you said in your like in your little monologue that you made, (laughs) like, yeah. It is so true. Like going there and you're dressed you're dressed to the nines, you got your tie on, like Sunday best times too. Like you're ready to meet the president, regardless of what you feel. You're like, dude, I'm in the White House. Like this is crazy, and for sure. And then it's like, oh my god, I'm about to eat five Big Macs. <laughs> yeah, that's it, uh... dude, it's just so funny to me. I, I I just found it to be one of the most comical things, like you just said, in that like sports and political intersection. That's that I've yeah. ever seen in my life. I, I I just I I've laughed ever since I heard about it. Ever since I saw it. And I and it, you know like I work on a college campus, and like the fact that the food like the food that he had presented out there, like a lot of college students would say like that's like hangover food, <laughs> is makes it even worse. Like, <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. That. Wow. That. Um, blows my mind. You never know what's gonna come out out of, out of you know the White House nowadays. But that's that's that was sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue, man. That's where it's at. <laughs> you want to go mm. down there and throw down some uh, some Big Macs and some some four for four? Do it. Hey, how by the, how fresh do you think that was? Like, do they have it on burners? Like, I just like I'm so curious about it. Like. Cause here's the thing: if I went in there and it was cold, that would have made me mad. Uh-huh. You know the the funny part about this is like, could you imagine being the person in the White House who had to go pick those pick orders up, up <laughs> to pick up a thousand cheeseburgers? Right? Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! See, if I worked there, that would be the type of stunt I would get put in. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, let's send oh Dave in this semi truck to pick up a trillion cheeseburgers. I mean, it's just that's the type of thing that would happen to me for sure. That yeah, that's that's a that's an all time. That's 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 funny. That's it, funny, man. I I can't I can't believe that it actually happened. Me either. It's just it's priceless, man. I, that is honestly, in ten years, I think that I'll remember that more than any other thing that happened in 2019 from a political spectrum (laughs) he's the president that fed them he is the president listen i'm telling you right now though if i'm a college team that that's Mm -hmm. prepping to win the title next year like you know i'm saying like clemson bama whoever else and the white house is not serving that i'm going to be very critical about what is on the plate do you realize that we went from Michelle Obama with this healthy initiative <laughs> to, yes. to Donald Trump just throwing it out the window? Just let's throwing just, the cheeseburgers on the trays. I mean, 
listen, that's that's a funny like just juxtaposition too. That that's that's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> man. Shout out to shout out to whoever had that idea. Hamburgers, like because you. Because you know, like they couldn't do it because of the shutdown. Like they didn't yeah, have, like, like their I guess, like the normal, yeah, yeah. The caterers or something like that. Which we're still in the shutdown yes. update. Which July know. or I just said July, bro. It's been a long day. January seventeenth, man. Still, still shut down. It's crazy. I did see yeah. that uh, so. there was a law signed today that they would back pay all the government employees. I mean, rightfully so. Uh, yeah, they, they had... I mean, I I wasn't surprised, but I was in the same sense. Like, it was like, I just, I can't believe it took so long, maybe, is what the, my issue was. But that was good, at least. All right. So, moving into our always, like, kind of serious topic. Dig deep here a little bit. We're going to do something that we're not really sure. <laughs> We've never done it before. So, uh if you haven't seen it, uh, we're gonna be checking out the Gillette ad, the the best the mm-hmm. men, the best men can be, and we kind of want to do commentary as we as it plays. I guess just kind of like a play by play, and then afterwards hash out a few things that we saw in it, what we think about it, um, some different things, maybe some uh, definitions. I would like to like to hash some of that out. So uh, we're gonna play that right now. And go from there. All right. So, Dave, I'm ready to play whenever Same. you are. All right. We'll do it on go. Three. Ready, set, go. Bullying. The Me Too movement against sexual harassment. Is this the best a man can get? That's just interesting. See the. Hmm. Guy getting cyber some, some bullying. Obviously, some spring break type stuff. Mm-hmm. The comical dad. Classic sitcom creepy dad. Making the same old excuses. Who's honestly been at a barbecue and seen just boys just fighting? Yeah. Like that and just let them fight. I think at first I thought that they were just like wrestling, but I've heard that they were like supposed to be fighting. Believe in the best in men. Need to hold other men accountable. You right, Terry Crews. To say the right thing. To act the right way. Not cool, not cool. I like I remember that video. Yeah. I really like that one. That really talks about this girl being Yeah, strong. I like that too. Oh, they were fighting, fighting. We don't do that. Okay. Okay. I challenge ourselves to do more that we can get closer to our best. We're taking action. At the best man could be dot org, join us. Okay, okay, Gillette. Bullying. The Me Too movement against sexual All right, all right, Dave. What are your thoughts? Okay, so um, I actually, it's interesting to think about uh, toxic masculinity. I. You got to define yes, that. Yes, that was that was my plan. Um, so, <laughs> the, the a good definition that I found uh, is that toxic masculinity refers to harmful behavior and attitudes commonly associated with some men, such as the need to repress emotions during stressful situations and to act in an aggressively dominant way. Uh-huh. And so, I didn't really see much about the like repress emotion in that in like this like dominant domineering way you do kind of see that hashed out in the video um which is which is really interesting and i the one thought that i keep pressing on and um if you're friends with me on uh on facebook or instagram uh you would have seen this when my son was born i posted this status and 
I had written it uh, the night before he was born. I, I had some time to myself, and um, I was just, like, kind of praying through some stuff. Like, like you know, it's different. And, and I wanted to pray differently for him than I prayed for Elena, you know what I'm saying, when she was born, uh, in, in just a different way in, in, in that same type of line of thinking. But um, I remember specifically saying to myself and in, in, in my prayer and in my post, like, God, please teach me and show me how to show Micah what being a man looks like and not in the sense of some hyper masculine, some machismo, like some oomph way that's like, be a man, suck it up, da 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 da. Because I saw a lot of my friends go through that, and I really didn't experience that. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why a little bit. Um, you know, my mom and grandma they they raised me until I was five, and then my stepdad Stan came into the picture, and I and I started seeing how he interacted, and and things like that. So I I learned, you know, what, you know how to respect a, a woman and all that stuff from him and things like that. But like, I was also gentle and I was very aware of my feelings and of my emotions. And, you know, sometimes to my, my harm, I wore them on my sleeve and, and still do. Um, but so I really wasn't raised in some like, like be a man type way. You know what I'm saying? You, you feel me? Um, yeah. And so to me, this was, this idea was that I, I didn't want to show Micah that. Like, I don't want to show him, hey, boys will be boys. You're fine. I don't want to treat him differently than Elena for that, right? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I, I know people, yeah. like, that their whole life has been, you know, if, if you're a female and you see your brothers do things and it's like, oh, they're boys. It's okay. You you stay here. You do this. You know what I'm saying? And so, for me, it was just so important to, like, continually pray through that and be like, look, I know that the first thing, there's there's two things that I have to do, right? Is one, I have to love the Lord um, and, and love him well and often, you know, and, and be and spend time with him. Um, uh-huh. But two, I have to love Sheena. And, and I have to, yeah. and not that I don't, and not that I don't practice that in any way, shape, or form. That's not what I'm trying to get at. What I'm trying to get at is I have to be even more intentional of that because one, I want to, I want Elena to see this is what it looks like for someone to love me down the road, right? So she's so she's yeah. learning and seeing every day how vital and how important it is the way that we interact and we love each other and we compliment each other and we and we take time to thank each other and forgive each other. And so then on the flip side, I'm showing Micah the same things from that perspective of like, look, bro, here's what we do. We go to work, we bust our tails, we love our wives, we don't, you know, sit back and let them do everything. We don't um hang out in the background and and just chill. Like, no, we're fierce. Like like it's you know what I'm saying? And it's okay to be upset. It's yeah. okay to to cry. Dude, I'm an emotional guy. Like and 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 to me I I know that that's like I know dudes that are not emotional. But you can still yeah. get them to talk about their feelings and the things that they're thinking and processing through. So I'm not saying that you have to be a hyper-emotional person to not be toxic masculinity. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't mean that. Like, all I'm trying to yeah. get at is you have to be able to talk about what's going on. And I think and, – and I, I want you to kind of take the, the lead on this maybe. And maybe you don't have to talk about it now and, and, and or down the road here in a few minutes. But, like, I just think about – all of my friends that are in family that are um, are persons of color are probably subject to this worse than anybody else. Um, and I think mm-hmm. about how, the, you know, there's so many psychological issues that come from fatherlessness, which you just find to be more yeah. common in, in, in POC. Um, so that to me is something I just struggle with. And, I, and I, it makes me sad for those people because that Mike is going to grow up around people that don't have their, their, they don't have life and he's going to be, he's going to be influenced by them. And so I have to have such a great influence and that's a lot of pressure. 
but I pray yeah. about that and I pray that like I do my part, you know, and, and, uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of my first immediate thought was just the second I, I saw it, I just thought back to that moment when I was writing that prayer out and, and that it eventually became a post was just like, I just, I pray that like I teach my son how to not be that, that toxic masculine dude, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, well, we have a lot to like dissect, like from what you said. So what, like general thoughts, I, I don't know, like if I go neither here nor there, like I thought it was like, it, it was, it was a positive feeling commercial, but it kind of reminded me, you remember the uh, Kylie Jenner commercial, the Pepsi commercial? Um, I I heard about it. I, honestly, I don't remember watching it though. Yeah, it was uh, Kylie Jenner solves racism with the Pepsi can, uh, essentially. Mm. Uh, that's kind of like the same kind of thoughts I had. Like when, like not to, when I when I was watching this, I was like, you know, what what does this have to do with this? But it, still, like I, I get the message that that's trying to send yeah. out, you know. But um. It's interesting, like, I don't, there's there's some things that, that I see when I was watching it, like, uh, uh, is this the best a man can get? And it just shows, like, a lot of, like, societal problems, mm-hmm. like the bullying, the cyberbullying, the misogynistic yeah. behavior, all these things, um, and... What else did we see? Oh, and the the kids fighting in there, and like, I, is it is it to is it a commercial to change behavior? Like, would do you think it was effective changing changing behavior? Like, if if you were like a sexist, would and you saw this commercial, do you think it changed your no. behavior? No, and and so and so that's I just that's where I'm at, dude. I. I read some of these comments and you told me I made a mistake and you were right. (laughs) It's one of those things. It's I, I really like what their attempt was, but it's so hard to right now. We're just in such a climate that you can't, it's like, you can't talk about anything and everything feels like it's an attack on somebody. You know what I'm saying? I I don't, I don't feel like attacked. like being, being a man, you know, watching that. I don't feel it. And I don't think you should You did bring up some, yeah, I mean, that would show some kind of another word that's being used around a lot is male fragility. That would just show me being fragile, yeah. like think, being offended. But I'm not really offended by it. I don't think that all those problems are because, quote, boys would be boys. I think I, I would attribute a lot of those problems. I mean, if you're just being blunt because it's, sinful nature oh, no one tells a boy sure. how yeah. to bully yeah. you know but like well we were saying like at the at the barbecue scene and those two kids are fighting yeah. in the yard like no one just sits there and just watches a kid just pummel another kid and just says uh boys sure. boy. <laughs> like i know the household that i grew up in like somebody get yeah. whooped yeah like you know if we, me and my brother fight like that we get in the trouble especially we fight like that in front of other people <laughs> at a crowd yeah like we, that? yeah for sure Oh yeah, we we in trouble. Um, but I did want to touch on some things that you said, like in terms of like masculinity. Um, in our, I keep mentioning in our group chat that we really like. Just a side note, like if you listen to this and you got like you're surrounded by like some really solid group of believers, like it's really, it really, really helps me out in my walk uh, just to be surrounded by them. But um, there was a podcast that was talked about in there. It was a. Uh, by Jason Wilson, and it was, uh, it was, he's got a new book coming out called Cry Like a Man. And that whole concept of, like, being, like, emotional, I would say that, like, I, like, you know, I'm, I'm not, emo- I'm not the most emotional person ever. Um, and kind of like, you know, I'm, like, I just, I was just always taught, like, you gotta be, like, the tougher, the tougher mm-hmm. guy. And, I don't, I think that there's there's no harm in it, but there is some harm at the same time. If that makes any sense, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't just let people run over you, but you do have to know how to express your feelings when the time comes. Do you, you get it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I I'm right with you. Uh, um, 
So, I just want like, I mean, let's if if you don't mind, like I want to unpack some of those things okay. a little bit, like, um, like being like expressive, like as a man, like I said, that's something like I struggle struggled with and still struggle with to this day, and I'm learning that, like you know, like if you look at the stories in the in the in the gospel, you hear that as soon as like he found out that his friend Lazarus died, Jesus yeah. wept. He cried. Or uh, when he looked over and he saw that he saw all the all these Jewish people down there and they're living in sin, Jesus cried over yeah. these people. And it's like, dang, like you are God at the beginning. You knew this yeah. was coming. And you're sovereign mm. over everything. And I mean, you you could fix anything you For want sure. to. You're God, and you're crying over this. And to me, I, I was kind of like confused, like what you know, in, in my sinful nature, I'm thinking, is Jesus a punk? <laughs> like, why is he crying? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like I'm with you. What's going on? He's crying, but there's all kind of emotions. Like you get people who get like so emotional where they like tear their robes off, and you know, in the Old Testament, yeah. they're so distraught about these things. Uh, I don't know where that like mentality of I can't show emotions. I think me not showing emotions sometimes, especially to like uh, my future wife uh, shows a weakness. Like, but when I can be vulnerable, that's when I'm the the strongest because that's when I'm allowing her to be at her strongest and she can help me through those situations. Uh, Like, and you said that you were raised by women. Like, did you see a particular difference growing up between, like, the way you were raised and the way – I mean, you played football too, Dave. Like, that's, like, the most masculine sport there is, That like, the most popular masculine yeah. sport that we play in America. Like, did you see, like, a difference when going through, like, hard times uh, between, like, the way you were raised and maybe some of your teammates? Yeah, for sure. And, you know – the other thing to consider here too is that you know when when Stan, my stepdad, came into the picture. Shout out to you, you're the real MVP for real, because I was a little turd. <laughs> um, but he was he worked a lot and he worked nights, and so mm-hmm. he slept during the day. So you know the influence I had from him was amazing, but it was brief. You know what I'm saying? So it was a little bit uh-huh. different, maybe too. But anyway, to say to to kind of go into what you're asking me. Um, yes, I did see a difference. I, I saw a major difference in how I reacted. Um, I still see it today to, to this day. Um, the, the biggest thing that I always noticed was how I took things to heart a lot. And so, um, at first I feel like it, it was hard for me to be coached in a way because Mm -hmm. I I didn't really take feedback and constructive criticism as that. I took it as, um, I took it as you were, you didn't think I could do it. And like, you know, you know, my mom, she's very emotional. She's going to listen to this and cry like 100%. I can tell you right now. I love you, mom. You're going to cry. It's okay. Um, I I love, I love her too. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, I, 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 I processed through a lot of things. Like I saw her and my grandma and, and other people around me do it. And they're strong women. You know what I'm saying? Like they're strong. They've been through yeah. it. They work hard. Um, but they're still, you know, they were emotional and, and they, and they wore their heart on their sleeves. And so I picked up on that. And so a lot of my feelings were always there and um, I always had to talk them out. And I see that today in, in my current like life stage like uh-huh. i would say there's probably five to seven times a week at a minimum <laughs> that i have to um you know have a conversation with my wife or with my boss um to kind of hash out even just some feelings that i have uh to be able to get them off my chest and move forward um i have uh-huh. I, I obviously learned how to be coachable or i would have never been able to play sports um, but yeah. I, I had to learn to take those things differently. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was always the one that was the, the team guy, the, the cheerleader dude that like wanted his team to do so well and amped you up after a big play. And, 
you know, there's, there's yeah. people like that, that weren't raised like me that, that are like that. So, uh, you know, there were, it, it's funny. I always think about that football personality, uh, video that dude perfect did a couple years ago. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it just talked about all the players. And then I think spice Adams did one last year talking about the locker room personalities that had me dying because yeah. I knew somebody that was every, like, just he had one that was like the headbanger listening to rock music, just jamming out. One was like stretching. Mm-hmm. One was eating like terrible food. I mean, it was just so funny. I just, I saw all my teammates in different capacities there. But um, anyway, I just, I remember, you know, being, it was hard. And, 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 and there's still times where like, I have to hash those things out because I let them build up. And that's how my anxiety gets going. And I start getting down on myself. And, you know, I don't know yeah. if that's a testament. I don't, I don't know if that necessarily even has anything to do with how I was raised, per se. Um, but it yeah. does have a lot to do with my emotions. And, I, and I'm definitely an emotional person. And if I bottle any of that up, uh, it's game over for yeah. me. So when you hear, like, phrases, like, in the Bible, like, commands, like, stand firm and be a man, like, what, how does that make you feel? Like, what do you think? Dang, just hit me with the hard questions right now. We didn't prepare for this at all. So you're saying... So you're saying when 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 there's Jesus commands like stand firm in your faith that sort of thing? Why? Well, it, I mean, it's, these are these. Are, I mean, that's it, there's one in the New Testament, and, there's, and then there's uh, in the Old Testament it also says yeah. that as well. So I mean, I I guess to me like that that's we have to be grounded in our faith, and mm-hmm. in the midst of that is making sure that you have such a great relationship with God that you always stay on that track, always stay on that course. You know what I'm saying? And, and when you're, yeah. when you're questioned about it, when anything like that, like that's your default, that's what you defer to. Yeah. So I, I guess to me, that's my answer. I, that may not be what you're looking for, but that's, that's kind of what. No, it's fine. I just, man, it's, it's just so hard. You mentioned something about people of color and, and then having to deal with this toxic masculinity because of really broken homes. I mean, I was just telling the guy, I had dinner with earlier this week. Um, you know, the sad part about like where we are at in this country is that a lot of times when I talk to people of color, I, I ask them like, "Do you have a Do you have a yeah. dad?" Like, of course you have a dad. Like, it takes a it, it takes two. male and female. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah, to to make. Of course you have a father, but do you have like a dad? You know, someone that's in your life, and like the assumption. That, that I'm saying by that question, that's that's a common question to ask growing up, is that you don't have a dad. Like, and for me to like to make that assumption, is like, I I've seen so many brokenness in homes, especially with people of colors, that I would just ask that question like naturally, like as a kid growing up. I didn't realize how like how twisted yeah, that question was until I sat back and for thought sure, about it. Yeah. You know? And man, I would. And so there's no there's no real like examples unless it's coming from somewhere else, like but not really in the homes for a lot of people of color of what biblical masculinity for looks sure. like. Man, but it, man, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm processing through this with you like while we're on the podcast, and I would, probably should have thought about this a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> that's but. how I feel too, but that's okay. I think it, it's it's. To me, the the rawness of it, the genuine, you know, authenticity of it, uh, it, it, it hits me and it makes me feel like, like these are the types of conversations that we need to have. Uh, with- yeah, well, I'm thinking like, I'm sorry to cut you oh, off, but I, I'm thinking like, okay, like as a person of color in this country, like if we're just going to be real with each other and there's there's some messed up stuff that happens to people of color in the, in this country for historically. Sure, yeah. I mean, I think that that's I mean, like, like we can all agree on that for the most part. So let's just go back to like, you know, like Mike Brown, yeah. okay? And then there's, um, then there's Timia Rice, you know, and and uh, what's the kid who was wearing the hoodie? Uh, Trayvon what was Martin. His name Trayvon Trayvon yeah. Martin, right? Thank you with the assist there, Dave. Uh, But, like, Trayvon, like, those are times, like, I remember there was something that I read. It's like, when's the last time you were reminded that you were black? Like, when's the last time, like, America reminded you of your skin color? And, like, 
I remember like vivid times throughout my life where I was just like reminded of my skin color. Not like in like like I'm ashamed yeah. of my skin color or anything. I I I love being black. <laughs> okay. I th- I think it's the dopest thing ever. Um and not saying that you're not dope for being whatever color you are listening to this. Yeah. But like situations like Trayvon Martin, right? I got to be tough. I got to be hard because I don't know like who's going to try me that day. Yeah. You know? If it's going to be someone that looks like me or if it's going to be someone else that doesn't look like me but try to take advantage of me because they don't value me because of what yeah. I look like. For sure. And I and, and and so I don't know if that's like if that is included in this in this whole phrase you know, toxic masculinity and I'm working yeah. through this as we're talking yeah. through it. But like, if, if I'm, if I'm just like this, oh man, oof, boy, we're getting deep. Yeah. Straight. Yeah. It, All right. So it definitely like turned if, into more conversation than I thought. And it's been perfect. <laughs> um, but if, if I am this happy go lucky dude and I, there, there's nothing wrong with having just genuine happiness, you know, yeah. But just knowing, like, historically and seeing some stuff, like, I just named off some big names, like, the, you know, uh, Tamir yeah. Rice. People, that, people Martin, that are well-known you know. for what happens to them. Yes. But what about the people in my own neighborhoods that I grew up with? Yeah. You know? That no one will ever like, I had, I had a Man, I had, like, I had a teammate. Uh, no, it was, a, it, was just, it was a good buddy of mine growing up. Uh, like, in the neighborhood that we grew up in, it was like a lot of white people, but he was a black yeah. dude and his, his family lived in there and his, he got pulled over like in his neighborhood and the, not for speeding, not for anything. The officer just said, what are you doing here? And he says, uh, he, he says, I'm, I'm going to my house. Yeah. He's like, well, where's your house? At? He's like, it's right there. He's like, well, I'm going to follow you to your house. Like, <laughs> like yeah. what? Like, what, what did you really pull him over for? And so, like, in that situation, just how do you respond, like, like, in this, like if, I, if I don't act, if I don't put this tough front on, I'm going to get broken. I don't want someone to see me yeah. broken. I, I don't ever want someone else to break me. And, like, and if that is in situations of tox, you know, toxic masculinity, then I'm guilty of it. I, I'll admit that. But, like, I mean, there's situations, like, I, I, I could – tell you all situation like where i've literally had officers like tell me like if you don't back up like he the officer said if you don't back up i'm going to shoot you yeah like and i'm trying to help somebody else out like this had nothing to do with me i had like just never done a drug in my life yeah and so like in that situation if if i'm if i get like super emotional or make the wrong movement, I become a hashtag yeah. on Twitter. And so I, while I'm wrestling through all this, like this this commercial, that podcast that I listen to, and like what you're saying here, like I'm really like, my mind's just, I'm I'm thinking through all yeah. of this at the same time because if I if I, I'm like man, I I gotta be tough because my kids are gonna come out dark yeah. skin too, and Lord willing, I have kids and and. I have to teach them how to navigate through For this sure. world without, without being broken For sure. like that. And not just like, I mean, it's okay to be, we're all broken, sinful people. I get that. But like, you can't let them yeah. break you. Anybody. Does yeah. that make sense? No, it makes sense. And it's, it's definitely something that we have to like, we have to figure out what is, what that looks like for our individual families and the people that we interact with. And you got a and son. I, and I have a son and, and we have to do that. And I think that if we, you know, I feel like we definitely kind of like derailed on a little part of this and to kind of go back to, I think one of the main points of this video. And again, to me, do I think it was super like people are just going to change overnight from seeing this? No, the same people that felt that type of way yesterday, feel that type of way today and tomorrow and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. However, Getting these conversations started is so crucial. And so in a way, I, I do commend Gillette. Like, like, look, you put out an ad and you're arguably one of the largest um, 
male product retailers in the like country for sure. And people watch your ads. People know what to, you know, Gillette, the best a man can get, right? Like that, that phrase has been around for forever, I feel like. And so anyway, to start that conversation is so crucial, so crucial. And the main point of it is accountability. And so yeah. what have we just witnessed in the last week and a half, specifically in the hip hop community, is that. Everybody in hip hop, in, in probably outside of hip hop, knew about R. Kelly, right? Like we can have, we can say that, right? Like everybody knew. If you didn't, you okay. are blind. Am I right? You, yeah. No, we we we've literally known about him since at least 1994. I, I, you know, I just think about that, and people were shocked and perplexed. Now, granted, could they be perplexed about the depth and about the beyond what they thought yeah of course like that threw me off so i couldn't believe it however like we have to hold people accountable for their actions like that's the point and so it you know that's just one example but we're talking about tons and tons and tons of examples there was a white swimmer from is it stanford i believe Stanford. What you're talking about that like yeah. three or four years ago that got that uh-huh. got charged with rape and the man literally uh, let's call him a boy and the boy literally okay, only Dave. had to stay in Clear. jail for like 90 days bro so let's talk about accountability you know what I mean like that's the point and so my my biggest biggest problem is is people are upset in the delivery okay fine they're just wrestling in the yard whatever but the problem is is that when people don't have that example when people don't have that um that awareness of what um, being a man is and you know biblical manhood is different so i get that like we're i believe we should be held to a higher standard first of all but second of all, regular manhood of just being respectful to others, you know, hard work. That well, do you do you think that you can be a man without being like without it being Truly? biblical? No, I don't. Okay, but if we're just looking in the eyes of a like morality purpose, and from the from the yeah. eyes of our country as a whole, who is not mm-hmm. believers, like let's just ask that out too, mm-hmm. like. This is not a Christian nation. If you feel that type of way, you can call or text or email me or something because this is not a Christian country. Um, (laughs) So we have such an opportunity to show people and from a a Christian perspective what being a man is. And that looks like being respectful and, and loving people well. And whether you are an introvert or extrovert, you're outgoing or you're not, you are emotional, hyper-emotional or you're not, it doesn't matter. There's no roadmap for that. But what it does look like is taking whatever you are and serving mm-hmm. others and loving them well in that capacity, right? So, yeah, you know, one thing that you and I have both seen is that we went to a church that was a um, it was a church plant, so there was a lot of work involved, and we saw people that that necessarily weren't gifted in the work part do it just to be involved because that's how important it was to me to them. You know what I'm saying? And then uh-huh. we finally, when we started getting a lot more people involved, we started being able to put people where they really where their gifting belonged. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I, I'm I'm using that as an example because, like, as men, as, like, biblical men, we have to serve mm-hmm. others and we have to lead them in that service. And yeah. we have to use our traits, our abilities, our gifts to love the people around us. And that starts with our family. That starts with our wives. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when you look at this, when you look at the, the video, the, you know, the grabbing of the of the wife's um, butt in the in the um, it's like a play or it's a it's a TV show that's being filmed live, and you see everybody clap yeah. and it's like this 
it's like this point that they came to of like, this is in, and you know, if that's his wife, it's a joking man, whatever. But what does that look like to your son? Especially now in 2019, I think about what is it going to be like in five years to 10 years when my son wants to have a phone, wants to have access to the internet, he is going to see things on there that counter, that are countercultural to what he sees from me and my wife. But mm-hmm. if we have such a society that doesn't hold people accountable for XYZ action, he's going to see that so prevalently that it's going to be an influencer. So yeah. that is my point, and that's that's where we have to go, and we have to we have to arrive at these accountability conversations with how we how we navigate this stuff with our kids, and how we navigate this stuff with our peers, and and just showing like yeah. this is how we treat women, this is how we treat one another. We don't we don't mm-hmm. build them, we don't break people down, we build them up, right? Like, like yeah, that's just. To me, that's just good nature, right? That's good morality. But, like, if you're a Christian, you're mm-hmm. called to that, bro. Like, let me tell you right now, you're called to that. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your personality is. You are called to serve and love others in some capacity. If you're not doing that right now, if that just hit you as some sort of, like, trigger, you should start praying about that. I mean, I'm just being honest. And do, I, do we have an opportunity mm-hmm. to be better at it? Everybody does. But what I'm saying is if Always. you're not at a starting point, like you need to get there now. Like if that's if you yeah. believe in the same Jesus, you read the same Bible that I read, you got to get there right now. And that's yeah. So and so in in light of like holding people accountable for their actions and, and like I mean I I love it like the more people that's accountable in your life they they the the you know they the more they'll, they'll keep you walking with Jesus, yeah. and that that that's that is that's the ultimate goal is to pursue holiness. You know, um, so in light of like accountability, is there anything else you would add that like next steps to move forward after watching this commercial for men? Yeah, I mean, I think I think with accountability, kind of the pre. I think there's a step before that. Um, and mm-hmm. to me, that's, that's really being involved in prayer, um, and, mm-hmm. and praying through these things and praying through your own shortcomings, praying for your friends and your families. Um, because we all know people in our life that are not living up to that standard or any sort of standard of manhood, um, in a, in a real actual tangible way. So we need to pray for them. We need to talk with them, and then I think the accountability comes into play. Um, and and just like you talked about, like with our little group, uh, our group chat, and and um, all this stuff that we do as a group, as a unit. And I think about mm-hmm. me and you specifically. Like you and I have a lot of conversations throughout the week, um, and I would say most yeah. of, I would say ninety eight percent of them are about sports or about the podcast or about something quick hit, whatever. But then there's the Mm -hmm. other conversations that we have that are tough, right? Like, bro, I'm struggling. Like I'm struggling with this. Like I'm struggling with my anxieties. I'm struggling with my doubts. Like, and like, I feel like I've, you know, not really served my family or my friends. Well, my fiance or whatever. And like, we have those conversations and I just cannot tell you how crucial they are for me. I, I know how much I benefit from them. Um, yeah. And it's just such, it's such an important thing that we have people that are accountable, that hold us accountable. And so I kind of think about this in like a, you know, I, in just kind of a four step way, you know, I think it starts with prayer. I think it, then, yeah. it, then it kind of goes to recognizing who's around you. So like maybe as like step mm-hmm. two. Um, and then step three and four are really going to be together in the sense of like having those real hard conversations and loving people Mm -hmm. through them. And you'll find that, that all these steps just keep repeating themselves, right? Like 
even in the same yeah. friend circles, like for me, like I've moved a lot, you know, so I, I've yeah. moved three times in three years, less than three years. Um, or I've been in three different cities in less than three years. And so for mm-hmm. me, like they've been repetitive just in the sense that I've like been around different people, you know, but like, I think even yeah. in the same friend circles, you still have to have that. Like, how can I pray for you? Like, let me see if we need to bring anyone else into the fold. Let me see how I can help somebody else have these conversations and have help somebody else figure out how to have accountability conversations with their friends and, uh, you know, love their, love their brothers. Well, love their, their sisters. Well, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I just so firmly believe in, and this is, this is not a, a side off into any sort of like pastoral type leadership. I don't mean this when I say this, but I just so firmly believe in, um, male leadership, man-led leadership within the home. Uh, and and this, is not a, a, this is not an attack. My wife is a freaking beast. Like, <laughs> like when I tell you this right now, she's amazing. Um, but yeah. in a, I have to lead her. And that looks like mm-hmm. me loving her well. That looks like sometimes me letting her take the lead in different things. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't, it doesn't mean this domineering, dominant leadership. That's not what this means. Like Christ Mm -hmm. calls us to love our wives. Like he loved the church and gave himself for her. You you feel me? Like that's, that's beyond, that's not a domineering. That's servant leadership. You know what I'm saying? Like Christ served the church. He served his people, the people that followed him and would follow him for generations to come by dying for them. Like the ultimate sacrifice of service. You know what I'm saying? And so to me, yeah. that, that right there is what manhood looks like. And that right there is how we start that process. Man, I, man that's, that's good, Dave. I, I, I really appreciate you saying that. I, I feel like this is like a conversation that we could have. Like, I, w- I would love like, to continue this conversation. Um, maybe have more people on the podcast sure. later. Or maybe talk, you know. And even continue the conversation on social yeah, media, because yeah. I I really like it's it's just really interesting. Like the the concept of masculinity in itself is really is just is just fascinating, yeah. and it's just because a, a lot of people miss the mark, mm-hmm. and then when you ask people like where's the target, like where are you aiming for, they don't even know yeah. where the target's at for sure. And so it's just it's really cool. It's really cool to hear you to hear you like expound upon that, like your thoughts on that, and I appreciate it a lot. I, I know, I, I know for one, like I I learn a lot from you and your wife's marriage and trying to, you know, see. I how, appreciate see how, that, bro. Uh, you, like, see how you love your wife. Yeah, you said something last week that that I just thought of as you said that I'm just another beggar. What did you say? I'm just another beggar out here begging for bread or something, or sinner begging for bread. I'm just another. I'm just another beggar trying to teach other people how to where to that's get the right, bread. That's right. <laughs> same man, same. I mean, it's a it's a process, and 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 um, as cliche as trust the process is right now, especially in the sports world, um, it is. It's a process, and our, and our lives should look like a process. Like my my point a few minutes ago about finding a starting point. Like I meant that. Like mm-hmm. you're not gonna step in and be an ultra servant and be involved in everything. And that, and that shouldn't be expected of you. There's gotta be a starting point though. Right. Like, like if, if you're listening to this right now and you feel like I have a gap to serve my wife better, you should go to her and say, how can I serve you? And can you just give me some simple, really easy ways that I can get started and that way I can get going and, and get the process flowing because I want to love you better. And that, and I use wives as an example, because that, to me, that's the most important relationship you have on this planet. And and that's biblical. And, but also once it starts with your wife, it begins to flow throughout the rest of your, your everyday, you know, life. I did not mean for that to rhyme, but dang, if it did, it did. Um. That's a bar. (laughs) Dave, you be, hey, you be, you be sounding like, whenever it comes to like, like marriages and stuff, like relationship stuff, like every time. I mean, I know we're on the podcast, but it sounds like every time I call you about these things, you sound like 
like a Yoda or like Gandalf <laughs> or something like oh, that. Oh, like, shoot. Everything be coming out be so wise. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. And, I, and it's honestly, me and Sheena have a lot of these conversations and uh, you and I have a lot of these conversations. It's helped me out a lot, but I try to always be there for my, you know, the people that I'm around that, that are in, in relationships and want to be in relationships, are married, are engaged, mm-hmm. whatever, because, you know, I'm, I'm a young dude. We got married at a young age. So we, we, we saw the, you know, differences. And, and when we first got married, I wasn't saved. So I quickly, when I, when I did get saved, I, I really got on board with like, this is how it has to be. And not that I was a, I wasn't, I don't feel like I was a poor husband before that, but I just started really understanding about what it meant to lead her well and how, what kind of impact that had on our family, on us specifically, but on on our future family that we now have. And, and then the people surrounding us. And just like you said, like, you know, you kind of mentioned that you, you've learned a lot from us, but like, that is so crucial bringing other people into the fold and being an example, right? It's just like being yeah. a parent. Like, it's just like showing what right looks like. You know what I'm saying? And not that we're right or yeah. we're perfect, but like we are unafraid to try and unafraid to give it our all to get to that level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, all right. More of this story. Listeners, if you've made it this far in the podcast, <laughs> we got, we got, we got to do, we got to do another part two at some point in time about this. Uh, we we got, we definitely have to talk about this further and continue this conversation and can, keep continuing for sure. And and I think that you know, we may not have another conversation about uh, Gillette per se, but th- these types yeah. of conversations just about how we can engage with our with our wives, with our brothers in Christ, with um, our kids, anything like that, like those need to keep happening. And I'm, I'm definitely down to, to continue this and to do panels and to, um, you know, have short, quick videos that you, you know, you might find out there and, and, and let's, let's keep hashing this out. Let's not let this be a one, uh, one time thing. And I know that between me and Devon, it won't, but if you're hearing this, don't let this be the only time you hear and talk about here and think about this and forget it because I promise you it, especially if you're a believer, you know, specifically if you're a believer, um, it, it's going to be so, so important to, to, to have these talks and, and to process through this stuff. So, man, that was, that was good stuff, bro. That was really good. Thank you for letting me kind of share. That was heavy. That. Yeah. No, I appreciate it, dude. All right, man. So as always, it's been super real. Thank you guys so much for listening again for the last week. We're excited for the next week and to see what comes up. So until the next time, peace. Peace. Hey, what's up, family? Thanks for listening to our podcast. We're glad that you came to the table to discuss some issues from a biblical worldview. Dave and I believe that we all fall short of the glory of God and we deserve death, but the free gift of God was grace given to us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and that if you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be made right with God. For all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you already believe this, we praise God for you being a brother or sister in Christ. If you don't know this or you have questions, we'd love to engage with you some kind of way on social media. Hit us up. We'd love to share, share our faith with you further. Peace.